Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a Cancer Diagnosis, Adaptogens for Long Life, and Abundantly Well Companion Course, Wise Woman You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you tonight? Well, we're still dodging the raindrops here. How about you? Oh, we have uh, pretty nice weather as far as sun and temperatures. We had a little bit of haze from the wildfire smoke 
And um, yeah, we're getting we're getting some smoke again too. Yuck, yuck, yuck! Not fun. Yes, yes, that's my least um, my last pick. I'll, I'll take anything else before the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> last last choice smoke. Yuck. So we're continuing, I'm sure you are too, to harvest the bounty of this such productive period of time for the plants, you know, starting way back in February where we were watching the buds starting to swell and the sap rising up. And then, you know, moving into March, April, depending on where you are, even May in Colorado, right, for the leaves Mm -hmm. to finally unfurl and then the trees to start flowering. And it's really interesting. Then they start flowering and then the leaves get big and then everybody says, wow, it's spring. Mm -hmm. And, of course, if you've been watching, it's been spring already for months as you've seen it, and the same thing here with that midsummer day to the you know it continues to there is the leaves, and then they get you know there's more leaves. I've watched the peach tree out in my bathroom window, which has grown more than five feet this year. Wow, I can't even count how many new leaves this tree has made. It came up from one branch. The branch began by forking into three, which is how that tree grew before, right? And broke into three. And then each one of those has split into three. And it's way up above the roof now. It was below my windowsill. And hundreds and hundreds of leaves on every one of those. I'm just watching this and my gosh that that you know what Hildegard is being and talks about veritas, the greening force. The actual force of the green. It's a, it's chi, it's a kind of chi, but it's it, it's almost more than that, isn't it? That greening force. It really is. It really is. We have a view out of our kitchen window that at the moment looks over about two acres of a just open pasture, and it's we're up the hill. We look down the hill, and there's a tree line on the other side of the pasture. And to watch those trees on a day when there's even just the slightest bit of wind, it is like you see the lights. Like they are so alive. They're dancing. They're waving. They're twirling. It's like a symphony of vibrant green life. It's amazing. Oh, yes. You know that oh. I've been focusing on trees for my Healthy Life show for the past year and a half finishing. This is my second year this year focusing on trees. And uh, last month's tree, well, actually this month because I um, record a couple of weeks ahead. So in July, I'm recording for August. So July's tree was cashew, the tree of the devil. And August, August tree is olive, the olive tree. Oh, I love that those two go right one after the other. <laughs> right? And it's such an abundance of information on olives, olive oil, and olive leaves, which are actually basically used just about the same. 
and some really important take-home points that I found in numerous studies, which is, ha-ha, olive oil has beneficial effects when it is part of the diet, but not when it's given in capsules. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. 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 Are, they, are people doing that, taking olive oil in capsules? Well, that scientists do. Oh, right. Well, I know people do it with fish oil and with other oils, so I maybe who knows? Who knows? I mean, I don't look I don't look at the supplement section, so it's certainly possible. But these are, you know, studies done by scientists who, you know, want to be sure that the people or the laboratory animals get the same amount, you know, a measured amount of olive oil. Mm. So, that's part of the reason for doing it that way, because if you just let people pour it on their salad, goodness knows how much they'll actually get. Right. Chaos. Chaos. (laughs) The other really notable thing, and there are just dozens and dozens of strongly validated health benefits to uh, olive oil, anywhere from its stunning um, ability to prevent uh, cancer, um, to its really fabulous effects on the cardiovascular system, anti-inflammatory effects. But to me, the most interesting was a study looking at the effects of olive oil on women, especially postmenopausal women, who've had their ovaries removed and the olive oil oil's ability to prevent osteoporosis in this population. Oh, interesting. So with their ovaries removed, so is there like some type of a benefit to the system that like spurs on the body to make, I don't know, hormones or something? Like what is what happens there? Did they say? When your ovaries are removed, um even if you take replacement hormones, and the vast majority of women do. I had a yoga teacher who actually had her ovaries removed with a medical necessity uh, in her 30s and refused hormones. But most mm. women do take them. And even if you do, your risk of heart attack and osteoporosis skyrocket. Mm. It's one of the reasons for for my talking every time I talk about hysterectomy to differentiate between a hysterectomy, which is the removal of the uterus, and an ophorectomy, which is the removal of the ovaries. And as you know, I had a hysterectomy, but I did not have an ophorectomy. Right. Right. I I told my doctor what I wanted. I got her to agree in writing that unless it was an active threat to my life, that she would leave my ovaries. Mm. And I encourage all women to do the same. But if you have already given them up, it's too late to do anything about that except eat olive oil. And again, it needs to be um, in your food. And I think... Um, best if in addition to any olive oil you use for cooking that you also get just some straight out 
olive oil somehow. If that's a little olive oil poured on your cooked greens, if it's some olive oil poured on your salad. Mm. So cooking with olive oil, absolutely wonderful, good. But I think that it it also needs to be used as a marinade. Pour it over your watermelon, right? Pour it over your tomatoes. And then if you want to hear more about it, that's HealthyLife.net. The show's not up yet. I'll be recording it uh, this Thursday evening, and then they'll, you know, do what they need to do in the studio. And I think that it will be available for all of August at HealthyLife.net. Do you want to know more about all of the benefits of olives, olive oil, and olive leaves? Meanwhile, meanwhile, um, (laughs) gut microbes boost the motivation to exercise. Some species of gut-dwelling bacteria activate nerves that promote the desire to exercise. Study led by researchers at the Perlemon School of Medicine at the U of Pennsylvania was published in Nature and reveals the gut-to-brain pathway. If we can confirm the presence of this pathway in humans, of course this was in mice, um, it could offer an effective way to boost people's levels of exercise and improve public health. They were looking to, they were searching broadly for factors that determine exercise performance. They looked at genomes and gut bacteria and bloodstream, metabolites, and all kinds of things. And um, wow, what they found was that genetics accounts for a tiny portion of the differences in exercise, whereas the differences in gut bacteria were totally important. Just in case you thought the bacteria weren't in charge of you. Wow. Uh, Wow. Wow, huh? That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I knew bacteria did a lot, but that is, wow. This is from my UCLA Healthy Years newsletter, August 2023. That's just so, I don't know, that's beautifully provocative to me. I love that. It's so beautifully wow. So, yeah. Well, with any luck at all, we have um, a couple of past apprentices calling in tonight. They actually called and left a message on the machine said, oh, we want to talk to you. And I called them back and I said, good, call me in the blog talk show. We'll just talk on the air. And they said, oh, great. Nice. So, yeah, so hopefully Colleen and Shay will give us a call. And now let's see. What else is going on at your place? Oh, I just, similar to how you were speaking about the trees and how things are growing and just noticing that we're well into summer at this point. I've been noticing like the daylilies on the south side of the house are just about finished. On the north side, they're still coming on pretty good. 
um, leaves are already starting to fall and change if I, you know, really pay attention. And today I cooked probably, I don't know, I don't want to overstate it, but I'm going to say at least two and a half pounds of of Swiss chard. And yesterday about the same in collard greens. So, like, everything is growing. Even the cultivated garden plants are just really thriving this year. Yes, my friend Candace, who lives in Oregon, told me that she just harvested a gallon of Marion berries. Oh. Marion berries are a kind of raspberry. They're an especially ah. delicious raspberry. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Eating Very. some in the neighborhood. And then she made herself a coleslaw with ingredients from her garden carrots, red cabbage, and green cabbage. Oh, how fun. <laughs> so refreshing. <laughs> it, indeed. Our guest tonight is Susan Miller. And she, if she's out in the garden, uh, she's thinking about astrology because she's an internationally known astrologer as well as an author, columnist, and uh, the founder of astrologyzone.com. She, her site is read by 13 million unique readers. Wow. So hang in there until 9 o'clock tonight or come back for Susan's warm, compassionate, philosophical style along with accurate, comprehensive, and insightful reporting of current planetary trends. Fun. And... That said, please add anything further you want to, and or let's answer questions, whichever works for you. Sure. Well, uh, you mentioned that some people had already mentioned that they would be calling, and I see three hands already up, so we'll go right right that way. All right. Um, good. All right. So I'll also remind everyone listening, if you have a question or would like to speak live with Susan this evening, Please press 1 so that we can see your hand, and then your line will be open uh, when it is your turn. And let's see, we have three callers right now. The first is dialed in from the 206 area code. From the 206, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. Can you hear me? Uh, Yeah, we can hear you. Great. Oh, Susan, it's Shay and Colleen. Hooray! You got to be the first one. Hooray! Yay! We're calling you from the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains. Oh, I love the Blue Ridge Mountains. In fact, it's said that the Catskills and the Blue Ridge are connected. Yeah. All part of that same range. Like they're the upper, the Catskills are the upper part. Yes. Well, the plants up here um, have that magical mountain quality, the growing extra large, like the self-heal and the mountain violets are so lush and gorgeous and the plantain, just amazing. So we're calling you tonight. Um, As you know, I had my knee replacement surgery one week ago and Colleen's been staying with me and 
taking care of me with all the wise woman ways. Um, and we've been doing a really good job with hypericum oil, hypericum tincture, um, and other plants. And the one thing that we wanted to ask you for some help with is how to reduce swelling. The, the one thing that's really difficult right now is the fluids have built up so much, and especially they're pooling around my lower leg, um, like the calf and the ankle and the foot. And we are elevating and icing, and what else are we doing? Cleaver, tincture, and oil. Mm-hmm. And we just started the violet oil. We just, yep, we also have been um, trying to cool it and kind of move those fluids or break them down with the violet leaf oil. Um, but we're wondering if you have any any hints or suggestions you could share with us about what we can do. Compression. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. R I E E. Right. Rest. Ice. Compress. Elevate. The compression part is really important. I will remind you of what the lymphatic um, therapist said to me. She said, you're out in a boat, and suddenly there's a storm, and it rains. Now there's some water in your boat, but that's okay, because you can bail it out. But if during the storm a hole has been broken in your boat, then it's not going to be okay. And no matter how much you bail, you're never going to get the water out of your boat. The only thing you can do is put a patch on it, and that is compression. None of those other things are going to do much of anything without the compression. Oh. Do you think um, I need to keep my leg wrapped all the time, or should I um, take breaks between wrapping it and unwrapping it? In general, yes, it's a good idea not to keep it wrapped all the time, okay. especially because it's pretty easy to wrap too tightly. Mm-hmm. And that way, if you're taking it off on a regular basis, nothing bad is going to happen if you do get it a little tight occasionally. Um, if it's your lower leg, your ankle, and your calf, you can just go right out to at any drugstore and buy a compression stocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, you don't want to wear that all the time. But it's a little can, more convenient than wrapping your leg and foot. Mm-hmm. That's a That's pretty a active idea. area, and it's hard to keep wrapping in place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. the compression puts the hole there, and then your efforts at bailing can have effect. Your efforts yeah. at removing the fluid out then can, can actually work once the compression is there. And that doesn't mean that you have to compress all the time. In my three months of working with the lymphatic therapist, one of the first things she asked me to do was to be under compression 23 hours a day. 
Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And one of the last things she asked me to do three months later was to, in a week's time, see how little compression I could cope with. Okay, so in the beginning, a lot, a lot, a lot, and then try to take it down to the the minimal amount. Yes. Okay. Okay. And I was um, I was glad that she had done that because I was pretty amazed at how really after three months how much less I needed. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, at first it was very bothersome having compression, um, and then I got to the point where I really appreciated how much better it made me feel. Oh. At first I would only, like, do compression when, uh, at night when I was in bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... You can also, um, what you'll get at the drugstore won't be very strong compression. It should be enough, but if it's not, don't hesitate to tell the place that did the surgery Mm -hmm. that you need therapy for lymphedema. Okay. They're usually waiting lists because there's few uh, lymphatic therapists available. Insurance is very cranky about paying for it. And uh, one of the very reassuring things they told me was it doesn't have anything to do with your lifestyle or really anything at all. Um, So far as they can tell, it might be a genetic thing as to who gets lymphedema and who doesn't. Okay. Okay. So don't don't think that you've eaten wrong or done wrong or that that there's anything um, totally within your control. Mm-hmm. Once those tissues do that, my understanding is you then need to be alert to keep them from doing it as much as possible. Mhm. How and would I know that I have crossed the line from just from swelling to a, a condition of lymphedema? There's probably an amount of time. Okay. Okay. Right. Probably if it goes on for X number of weeks. Okay. That would be my guess. I don't actually know. By the time I realized that what I was dealing with, because I, I complained almost immediately about the swelling, and what I was told was you have a lot of other things to worry about, which was true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was over two years before I actually said, oh, golly gee, look, this, this is what's really going on. This is lymphedema and finally got a diagnosis and therefore could get in line for treatment. Okay. Got it. And at that point, the therapist said that there was a possibility 
because it had gone untreated for so long, that um, the lymphatic tissues could have turned into adipose tissue. And so this is one of the reasons that I say to anybody who has any swelling and after any procedure or any surgery, counter it and be quick to call it lymphedema. Okay. Right. Okay. The, worst that, the worst that they can do is say, no, no, you haven't had it long enough yet for it to be. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, I, you know, going along with the idea that if I treat myself as though the worst possible thing has happened, then I don't have to worry about lesser things. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Susan, this is Colleen. I'm going to... Colleen. Been massaging. Hi. <laughs> I have been massaging Shay's leg... And I realized I was pushing down, and we realize now that I should have been pushing it up the leg to get into that lymphatic system. And I was able to do not pull want to push at all. No push. The more you push, the more you massage, the more damage you do. Got it. Okay. Okay. So yeah, think, was, think think of the cells as balloons that are unblown up. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole organized pile of balloons that have yet to be blown up. Mm-hmm. And they can get a little blown up with lymphatic fluid, but the lymphatic system moves that along. Mm. If the lymphatic system has a hole in it in some way, so it can't move it along, then the fluid builds up in those balloons. Now, as you know, once you have blown a balloon up to a certain size, it never goes back to its smaller size. It doesn't stay real big, but it will always be bigger, and each time it swells up again, it will be bigger after the swelling goes away. Uh Mm Uh-huh. So this, again, is the reason why we don't want to let it get big. We want to get in there and compress it and bring it down as much as we can, as soon as we can, no matter what we call it, because uh-huh. that that swelling is at least partly from lymphatic fluid, and the lymphatic fluid, the lymphatic vessels are injured by massage. Oh, oh wow. Wow, okay. Good Lymph- information. Lymphatic massage does not depress the skin at all. It's very light stroking. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And yes, absolutely. You want to stroke upward away from the extremities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I suspect you didn't because the knee is up there. Right. Well, we're going kind of around the incision. So we have been 
um, working with the area on the sides and the back of the knee. We've just been avoiding the incision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, you know, just thinking about, you know, why would you move swelling to an extremity? Because, of course, we're always trying to get swelling away from extremities. And, oh, because the knee is up there. And so you're working away from the knee, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, but then after, you can go ahead. Yeah, so um, in general, any time there's tissue swelling, we don't want to compress the tissue because the mm-hmm. swelling is already compressing it. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so really if your balloon helpful. has been blown up, you don't want to squeeze it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And you said it's been how many days since the surgery? Seven days, one week. Seven days, one week. And what did they say about swelling and inflammation? Um, ice, elevation, um, we have a wrap, and we also have compression socks. And um, they said to expect. It. They said to expect swelling. Then they did. Yes. Okay. And did they give you any indication of how long they thought the swelling would go on? Um, I don't recall. Um, I, at least a couple weeks, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so I, this is well within the parameters of expected from mm-hmm. the kind of trauma that your leg has experienced. And I'm so glad that you don't have to go out and buy compression socks. They already gave them to you. Mm-hmm. And again, yep. if it's onerous, at least wear them when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get those out. Mm-hmm. They're really, they are so hard to get on. And I was thinking about when you told the story of before, I think you said before getting on a flight, um, you had to wear like a whole body compression thing. Is that, am I remembering that correctly? Close. From my waist <laughs> to my ankle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, that must have been something. To, they to look like tights for an eight-year-old. <laughs> when I, and, and I had to get my swollen butt in them, which is really, really funny. What I said was that I was, I was going to call the fire department and get the firemen to come here and help me get this garment on because it was definitely alarming. <laughs> well, that's what we were giggling about. It was taking two of us to put it on the unaffected, non-injured leg. I was like, how did Susan do this? How did Susan because get that swollen butt into her compression garment with a lot of good words, gang? <laughs> with witchcraft. <laughs> the only well, thing harder was trying to put my swimsuit on one-handed when I hurt my wrist in Costa Rica. Oh, yeah. yeah. I am here to tell you it can't be done. You cannot put a swimsuit on one-handed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> 
I finally had to beg for help because I could see it was going nowhere, literally. A big part of this healing journey is has been asking for help, and I've been so grateful. Colleen took a week off from work and came down from Maryland and has just, like, really been here. And we've been talking a lot about the wise woman tradition and how we learned that it's a tradition that's invisible. It's like, you know, what you said in the green book, it's, it's, um, it's the nourishment, it's the being present, it's the listening, it's the support along with the green allies and other things. And, you know, in the hospital, or not in the hospital, but before the procedure, my surgeon said, oh, yeah, you know, you're going to have a rough week or two, and it's good to have help, but it's not necessary. And after this first week, I don't know what the hell he was talking about because I could not have managed this past week without Colleen's help. Mm. So. Mm. Mm. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I suspect um, that they are n- n- not m- maybe as um, conversant with people in really good health. Mm-hmm. And how we keep ourselves really healthy, which includes cooking most of our own meals. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Um, I know this partly because when I got out of the hospital, my insurance company sent me two weeks of prepared meals. Wow. Right? (laughs) Frozen prepared meals. Oh, my gosh. Including a loaf of whole wheat bread, which I have kept in the refrigerator since it was delivered, this is May 2020. It is still in my refrigerator, July 2023, and there's not a single spot of mold on it anywhere. Oh, that's Jackie. terrifying. <laughs> Susan, I remember seeing Especially terrifying because it says 100% whole wheat. You remember those meals, yeah. right? You were here. Yeah. I do, I do. I do remember going to the freezer and being like, oh, what's, oh, <laughs> Didn't, this is the last thing I expected to see in the Wise Women Center Street. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were delivered. I stuck them in the I had room in the freezer. I stuck them in the freezer because you know I wanted. Yeah. But it gives me an insight into what they what they expect you to be doing, and they expect yeah. you to be buying prepared meals. Yeah. And you could do that on your own. You could sit in front of the TV and eat prepared meals on your own. Right. Right. What you can't do is lead an active, healthy life with, without help if you have had your <laughs> just replaced. Thank you. Yeah. I could easily pop the pills they gave me and just go into oblivion. I've really been on a journey with the pain pills. They they prescribe two different opiates and and then suggested on top of that naproxen and Tylenol 
and aspirin as a blood thinner. And I talked with you about aspirin last time I called in, so I have not gotten aspirin. But, you know, I have 17 years of sobriety. So probably one of my biggest concerns going into this procedure was how I would manage pain um, because I really wanted to avoid the use of any opiates. And if I needed to use them, to use, like, the the most low risk, low dose for the shortest amount of time. Um, so I they gave me the strongest thing they gave me was oxycodone, and I just gave it to Colleen to hold on to for me, just because I, that makes me feel better to just have an accountability piece and have her kind of give me the pills. But what I noticed with those is that. They made me, they altered my consciousness in a way that did not, it made me feel like I wasn't myself. And I haven't gotten high or had a drink of alcohol in 17 years, and I did not like that. So I've been trying to play with the dosage and cut it down to the smallest amount with the longest interval of time in between and really work with the hypericum and, um, Skull cap and melalotus and 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 also the 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 tame over the counter you know Aleve and Tylenol to try to take care of most of the pain and what I what I recognized when I put the Hypericum oil on is I feel so flooded with love and with care that's coming through that oil. Compared to the feeling that I have when I take one of those pills, and the pills, it's, I imagine it's like this troop of men in hazmat outfits, <laughs> like marching into my body, and the hypericum is like this dancing lady who's like, here I am, I'll care for you, and she's like so sweet and loving. And it's just night and day, the difference between the two of them. Oh, my, my, how beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. And, yes, I agree with you. I do not know why it is that the medical establishment has such a love affair with Tylenol, um, which really (laughs) is, is so difficult for your body and totally ignores a leave. Um, and what one medical professional said, well, Aleve doesn't work for everybody, and Tylenol does. Mm-hmm. But if Aleve works with you, it is certainly the kindest to your kidneys and your liver. Mm-hmm. And because the opioids increased my pain, oh. I had to use only non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. And at the worst of my pain, I was taking two Aleve every two or three hours. Okay. So you don't, I'm glad you brought that up because I was nervous to take more than the dose on the bottle, which is one every eight hours. But you've experienced being able to take more than that and it was okay with you. It it worked for me, yes. I asked my body to please accommodate this. I figured that the opioids um, 
aren't very good for my body either. Right. And that since they simply didn't work for me, um, it was easy for me to not have a choice. But it also allows me to know that um, for short periods of time, right, not talking about taking that much non-sorital anti-inflammatory for even a year. Right. But if right, we're need... talking about a limited time frame here. Mm-hmm. And if what you want is to not take the opioids, that is one way to do it. Okay. Yep. Out of the pills, Aleve definitely feels um, feels the best. All right. Well, thank you so much, Susan. We've oh, been looking forward to calling you. Love you, Shay. Love you, Colleen. Love thank you. you so much for sharing all of this with all of us. Green blessings. Green blessings. All right, and I'll remind everyone listening that if you have a question for Susan this evening, please press 1 so that we can see our hand in the queue. And uh, with this time, we have two callers that have pressed 1 to let us know they have questions. The next is dialed in from the 6-1 area code. Okay. And the 6 you are live with Susan. Hi. Um, yay. Hey. So, hi, yay. I just found you, and I'm really excited. Um, my name is Michelle, and I'm in menopause, have diagnosed with severe osteoporosis. Um, I took a vanity shot once a month for a year, and now they wanted to, me to take um, for KO. And then I went on a retreat, and someone told me about you. I bought your book. But I have to say, I'm kind of new to this, so I'm a little bit overwhelmed, and I was hoping that you could tell me how I can start. Just what can I do to begin the process of trying to build back bone? Because your book is fabulous, but it's like, eh, I'm new. So I don't know where absolutely. to start. I absolutely I'm... hear you. And what a blissful place to be in beginner's mind, in the newness of it all. So what we want to do is we want to provide your body with lots and lots of minerals. There are active systems of the body that use a lot of minerals. And the bones are the storehouse of the minerals. So if those active systems of the body aren't getting the minerals they need, then we take it out of our bones. Okay. So what do the drugs do? The drugs slow down the production of the cells that eat your bones and free up those minerals to the immune system and the nervous system and the hormone system. And again, those cells would not be breaking your bones down, except that those systems need food and you're not getting enough of it. Okay. Taking mineral supplements doesn't work. Especially taking calcium supplements disrupts the entire metabolism of the bone. And so if Don't you are taking any mineral Don't. supplements, especially calcium supplements, I'm going to ask you to please stop. Okay. 
Okay. Supplements simply are not a way that you can get minerals into the active parts of your body. You see, you're thinking that you need to put minerals in your bones. But you can't put minerals in your bones. You can only put minerals in the active part of your body, and then your bones get to start building up. Okay. It's like the bones are like way downstream of what's really happening. The best way that I know of to get minerals in your body and to get minerals in your body fast, most people notice a difference within 7 to 10 days. Wow. is to stop drinking water. Stop drinking water? The more water you drink, the more bone mass you're losing. Okay. Water leaches minerals out of the body. And especially when we're taking mineral supplements, the water becomes quite diuretic because the body doesn't want those mineral supplements, and we wind up pissing out even more minerals. So I want you to take a break from water. I don't want you to drink any water. What I want you to drink instead is nourishing herbal infusion. Nourishing herbal infusion is something you make. It's very easy to make. Do you brush your teeth at night? Yeah. Okay. Before you go to where you're going to brush your teeth, I ask you to go to the kitchen and put a tea kettle on to boil. You need at least a quart of water in that tea kettle. And... You will also, once the tea kettle is up to boil, get out your scale. You will need a kitchen scale and put your jar on it, the newer digital ones. You can put your quart jar on the scale and press T-A-R-E for tear, and it takes away the weight of the jar. And then you put one ounce of dried herb, and we'll talk about what herb you might want to use, into that jar, take it off the scale, Set it down. Now you go in the bathroom and brush your teeth. Okay. How long are you supposed to brush your teeth for? I, um, I uh, four minutes. That's what I usually do. Cause About I have not the amount time. of time it takes your quart of water to boil. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> okay. What? Right. So if you have a whistling tea kettle, you know when you're done brushing your teeth because it's whistling. Okay. You already have your dried herb in the jar. You go in the kitchen, you turn off the fire under the tea kettle, you pour the water into your quart jar right up to the top, put a lid on it, put the tea kettle back on the stove, turn off the light, and do whatever you do after you brush your teeth. That's all you have to do. It's that easy. And then I drink this the next day during the day? In the next morning, you get a little strainer. And you pour the liquid from the quart into another vessel. And what I like to do is to take a bowl and shake all the plant material into the bowl and then squeeze it with my hands like I was playing with clay or paper mache. And then I take the squeezed plant material and I put it in my compost. If you don't have compost, don't worry. Okay. You, You can... 
put it in any potted plants you have. You can, if you live in an apartment building, when I'm like in Manhattan, I take the squeezed plant material and I put it in a plastic bag and then I, or a couple, because I don't want it, you know, to be at all wet. And then I take it downstairs with me and I find some tree and I open up the plastic bag and give it to to the tree and the trees are very happy to have it. Okay. So then I'm left with close to a quart of liquid. I've really squeezed the herb, and I refrigerate that. And that's what I'm going to drink during the day. Now, human beings need exceptional circumstances, two quarts of fluid a day. One quart of fluid we get from our food, and that counts. The other quart will be your nourishing herbal infusion. If you want more to drink besides your quart of nourishing herbal infusion, coffee is a fabulous beverage. Good for your bones. Good for your mind. Up to five cups a day. Wow. If you don't drink drink coffee, you don't like coffee, I don't drink coffee at at all. Is tea okay? Is tea okay? Black tea or green tea. Okay. It's an excellent alternative. Again, these are all herbs. Coffee is an herb. Black tea is an herb. Green tea is an herb. And they're all powerful antioxidant herbs that are really good for your health. Okay. Well, water isn't. Okay. Right? If yeah. you don't yeah. like coffee or green tea or black tea, chocolate is a very powerful antioxidant herb, a cup of hot chocolate, especially before bed, is a really good way to go to sleep. Okay. So if you think you need to drink more than a quart, but you know, many people find that when they stop drinking all the time, they stop peeing all the time, and that they really don't need more than the quart of infusion over the course of a day. Okay. So give it a try. I don't want you to feel dehydrated in any way at all. But the nourishing herbal infusions are exceptionally hydrating. Now, there are five nourishing herbal infusions that I drink, and I rotate through them. I drink them one at a time. I frequently tell the story of a mother of one of my apprentices who wrote to me and said, I'm writing my story for you so that you can share it. I went to my doctor, and my doctor said I had severe osteoporosis, and I had to be on drugs immediately, and I said, I'm not taking your drugs. Hmm. And the doctor said, well, then you're going to take calcium supplements. And she said, I'm absolutely not taking any calcium supplements. And the doctor said, well, I hope you'll exercise. And she said, nope, not exercising. (laughs) Now, I agree with her in the first two, no drugs, no supplements. Agree, agree. Exercise, come on. Somebody has once said if exercise was a drug, everybody would be taking it. It makes you feel so good. So she said, you know, over the next couple of years, she lost a couple of inches in height. Wow. Because that's what happens with severe osteoporosis, right? Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Yeah, and she said she really didn't mind. She just, you know, made her the hems of her clothing up so that they didn't drag on the ground. She said, but what she did mind was she felt tired. Yeah. And she didn't like feeling tired. 
So she mm-hmm. said to her daughter, all right, you've been apprenticing with Susan Weed, so what would Susan tell me to use to not feel so tired? And she said, oh, Susan says stinging nettle is the herb of energy. So being a loving daughter, she bought her mom a kitchen scale. She got two quart canning jars for her. She got a little strainer for her. And she got a pound of stinging nettle and with her mom weighed it out into one ounce increments in baggies so her mom didn't even have to use the scale every night she could just open a baggie and put it in her jar all right and fill it to the top of the boiling water put a tight lid on it let it steep overnight the next morning strain it out squeeze the herb get rid of the herb in some way refrigerate the liquid and drink it about a week later she called her daughter and she said all right, I'm 66 and I have the energy of a 16-year-old. What other really? herb does that weed woman drink? Okay. Okay. Uh, so I have two apprentices sitting here with me. So let's find out if they think I'm trying to pull the wool over your eyes. What do you think? You're absolutely right. Confusion. <laughs> So she she got turned on to red clover. Red clover, fabulous. Nourishing herbal infusion, extremely high in protein and minerals. And oat straw, we know about people who are feeling their oats now, don't we? Okay. And oat straw helps us to feel our oats. And that's what she did. She said, Sunday night, I made a quart of nettle infusion, and I made a quart of oat straw infusion. Monday morning, I strained the nettle infusion, and I strained the oat straw infusion. I started a compost pile just to deal with the herb, and I put the two quarts of infusion in the refrigerator, and over the next three days, I drank them. Wednesday night, I made a quart of a nettle infusion and a quart of red clover infusion. And Thursday morning, I strained them, put the herb in my compost pile, refrigerated the two and drank them over the next three days. Sunday was my day off. So she wasn't even drinking a quart of infusion a day, which is what I drink. She was only drinking four quarts a week. Within one year, she got a call from her doctor. Her doctor said, you have to come back and have your bone scan redone. And she said, why? He says, because the machine was obviously broken, because your bone density is greater than it's ever been in any time I've known you. Wow. Wow. Yes, the machine wasn't broken. The second scan looked exactly the same. Wow. And she was only drinking four quarts a week. You drink a quart a day and you stop drinking water. Okay. You'll see that kind of change within six months. Okay, so I don't want to do these shots every day. I I, I don't want to do any more. So I'm okay. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm kind of I'm kind of. You don't of have to do drugs, and you don't have to do self supplements, but you do have to drink a quart of nourishing herbal infusion a day. It's not not too terrible. The other no, two are comfrey leaf. Okay. And linden flower. And last year, when I was down in West Virginia teaching the big herb conference, um, we had a workshop called What I Learned at the Comfrey Conference. It was a conference just about comfrey. 
And a woman said, well, I didn't learn this at the Comfrey Conference, but the Comfrey Conference made me learn it. I'm like, what? She said, well, I don't do research, but what I do is I research the research. She said, so if somebody wants to find out about, has there ever been any research done on X, Y, or Z, I can find the research that's been done on that. She said, and everybody at the Comfrey Conference talking about how strong it made your bones and how flexible it made your bones made me go and look to see what research has been done. And it turns out that Comfrey increases the rate at which bone-building cells are made and decreases the rate at which bone-eating cells are made. Okay. So it works better than the drug because it gets her from both ways. Okay. Now, some people say, mm, I'm not so sure that I'm, like, so keen on drinking these, like, kind of vegetable tasting things. And they are. It's kind of like, you know, you steam spinach and you drink the water from it. They're green. Right. So you can put some honey in them. You can drink them ice cold. You can drink them really hot. You can add a shot of vodka. Okay. Whatever works for you. Okay. The idea is to make it a habit that what you're drinking, when you open the refrigerator and look for something to drink, that's what there is to drink. Okay. And so drink up the other things you have to drink and don't replace them for now. Right? Because, of course, anytime we're changing something, we have resistance to it. And that's okay. We can we can be with that resistance and say, I hear you. You don't like to change. I don't either. Mm. Right? I had a swamp and I had ponds dug where the swamp was. And I sat there and cried for days because they changed it. But mm-hmm. I, was one, I was the one who wanted it. Right. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm very happy I have the pond now. I don't miss the swamp, which bred millions of mosquitoes. Yeah, definitely. Right. It's okay, but I but we can we can give ourselves the right to be unhappy, even if it's a change we're asking for. <laughs> so, um, um, so other, when I read your book, it's um, I I'm kind of leaning vegan, and then you said that we should eat yogurt. Um, should I put that back in my diet, or if I do these the herbs, uh, the the herbal infusions, that would be okay, or should I do that? I have never known a woman with strong bones who doesn't consume dairy products. Okay. Okay. May I ask you why you hate animals so much? I love animals. That's why I'm vegan. Excuse me. If I told you that I loved you but you weren't allowed in my house, would you feel loved? <laughs> I just... I... Would you feel loved if I told you that I loved you, but I wanted nothing to do with you? I didn't so much as want to see you or touch you. Would you feel loved? I love animals. I don't like the way they treat them. um, Then eat them, because when you eat them, you get to change their lives. There are hundreds of thousands of small farmers right here in North America keeping animals in ways that you would more than approve of. Support them. What okay. you're doing doesn't unsupport anybody. You're not unsupporting big business and big animal feedlots. The only way to unsupport that is to support the alternative. You're right. You're right. Opting out is hatred for animals. If okay. you love animals, 
accept. Okay. And support loving caretakers of animals. Isn't that what we want? Yes. I'm not suggesting that you have bacon for breakfast, bologna for lunch, and pork chops for dinner, for goodness sakes. Eat meat the way most of the world eats meat, as a treat. No. Right? Yes. Yeah. A bone in with your beans. Yeah. Bone broth. Wow. You know, if I get a chicken, I'm eating chicken for two weeks. Mm. Okay. I hear you. Right? Every single bit of it. Because when I'm done with with all the flesh, those bones go in a pot and they get cooked into bone broth, and I eat all the good from the bones. Okay. Yeah, it, it's good for your bones. And it's, and it's sturdier. What we want for you, I would say, is sturdier, yes? Okay. Yeah. So I, I want to come and What I'd like you to do, I'm going to let you talk, but I would also like you to call back in a month and okay. tell us what's happening. That would be really I important. Really, I really, I, I want to meet you. Do you, so you come to the city. I'm in, I'm in, I'm on Long Island. I, did you come to the city, or you're, you? Oh, I saw that you come. You're in Chinatown. Or do you ever I come have, down? I occasionally come down to the city. COVID, of course, has changed so much. That's true. That's true. About, you know, where we go and what we do and how we gather and so on. Um, so you might want to uh, take to a trip up to Woodstock, New York. It's not that far. Okay. No, it isn't. And do we stay with you or we stay? Is there, you recommend a place There's that lots, we can stay? There's lots of wonderful places to stay in the area. Beautiful bed and breakfast. Hudson River okay. Valley. It's gorgeous. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'd like and to you. And you can find the upcoming classes at okay. um, Wise Woman Bookshop. Yeah, I've been I've been on your website and listening to you. This is this is really helpful. I appreciate it. Um, thank you for taking my call and helping. I appreciate it. Thank you. You are welcome. And be sure you give me a call back in a month and let me know how things are faring. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Green blessings. Good night. All right, and it looks like we have one caller who has pressed one to let us know that they've got a question, and you found them from the 215. From the 215, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. Um, I just have a quick question, I think. Um, I just wanted to ask about the nettle infusion. I have been drinking that for quite a long time. Um, For me, it's so rich and so deep, I have trouble with the taste. So is there anything that I can add to it to help make it a little more palatable and still keep it as an infusion? Miso. Oh, okay. Tamari. Salt. You can also mix it with V8 juice. Oh, wow. Okay, that's great. And when you drink your nettle infusion, what temperature is it? I've tried both hot and cold. Um, When When it's cold, is it on ice? 
No, but I. it is easier. I think nettle people. infusion on ice is spectacular. Okay. Give it a try with some ice. Yeah, because it's see easy. if that changes for you. Yep. Okay. Okay. And if not, you know, go go for salt. Salt it up somehow. Miso, tamari, just plain old salt, and it will brighten the taste. Got it. All right. Thanks for your question. Thank you. Green blessings. Green blessings. All right, and I am not seeing any hands that have been raised. I'll remind everyone, if you have a question this evening, please press 1. That will allow us to see your hands up in the queue, and we can open your line so you can ask a question. Um, do you have one, if you would like to hear that? Yes. All right, it's, it's so interesting how there's is so much like the questions that were just asked. But here is the email. Hi, Susan. I am a 62-year-old woman. I finished menopause when I was six. Recently, I have begun noticing my posture is changing. My shoulders seem to be rounding more, and I am noticing a slouch of the upper back. What do you suggest for helping my posture and having a healthy, strong spine? I already eat a well-rounded diet and make an effort to incorporate infusions often, though I do lap occasionally. I mainly exercise by walking three miles a day, but I do not do any resistance training or weights. Thank you for hearing this question, Renee. Hmm. You're right, Renee. Resistance training and weights is really important. But... I tend more when we're talking spine to think yoga or Feldenkrais. Now, ideally, a really good Qigong teacher, a really good Tai Chi teacher would work with you to strengthen the muscles of your spine. But there's so many teachers out there now who don't. And that's understandable. So I know that yoga teachers do continue to do that. And Feldenkrais is very much concerned with mobility of the spine. We have a Tai Chi class twice a week, the apprentices and I. And that Tai Chi class always ends with a Feldenkrais sequence. And the one that we did today is one of my favorites in which you imagine that you're taking a paint roller and you roll your favorite color of paint up and down your spine so that your spine's coated in paint. And then beginning at the base of the spine, at your tailbone, you're laying on your back, you're lying down on your back with your feet on the ground and knees pointed up. You tilt your pelvis so that just the tailbone comes above the ground leaving its purple mark behind, then back. And then you tilt up so that the tailbone in the next, and back. And bit by bit, you tilt each vertebrae, and then each group of vertebrae, the first one, the first and second one, the first and second and third, first, second, third, and fourth, and so on, up and up and up, really getting flexibility into 
every segment of the spine. Uh, well uh, thought out yoga class will do the same thing. Yoga being yoke is ideally a situation in which some postures you bend back, some you bend forward, some you bend to the right, some you bend to the left, some you stand up, some are inverted. So that the spine is extended and compressed in all six directions. I'm glad you're drinking nourishing herbal infusions. That's certainly an important thing to do. One of the things that I have a very strong belief in is that human beings do well if they have a lot of protein. And especially when someone has a muscle weakness, then I want them to have the protein from the nourishing herbal infusions, but I want them also to seek other sources of protein. If we were talking, I'd be able to ask you about your diet and find out what your primary sources of protein are, and including things like bone broth, fish, um, eggs, dairy products, really excellent ways to bring up the protein and to keep your muscles strong. It's scary that if we do not take active steps to prevent it starting as early as age 40, we can lose 1% of our muscle mass per year. By the time people get into their 80s or 90s, if this hasn't been countered, they become literally unable to do ordinary life things because they don't have the muscles left to do it. So I'm glad you're taking care of yourself and taking care of yourself now and circling back to the top again. Yes, weights and resistance. Very important. Green blessings. All right. And I'm not seeing any hands yet in the queue, but if you do have a question for Susan this evening, please press one. And we will see your hand, and I can open your line so you can ask a question. Uh, let's see. We are out of email questions, so what would you like to do, Susan? Is our guest by any chance here early? Um, I'm not seeing Susan yet. Um, I've got a couple numbers for her, but I don't see her in the queue. Okay, so she's not here yet um, well we could take turns telling stories oh nice who's going first well I was very surprised when I looked in my book of tree stories and yes I do have a book about stories about trees there wasn't a story about the olive tree mm. and I was I was flabbergasted that that my my book of all these stories about trees didn't have I mean many people know that there was a contest in ancient Greece between Athena and Poseidon 
to see who could provide the best thing for the people of their city. And the Athenians, in other words, the, the people presided over by Athena, were graced with the olive tree. So the olive tree, the poets are crowned with olives because the olive is for wisdom. Just as Athena is the goddess of wisdom, not the least of which because she sprang from her father's forehead, right? Right, we had we had to do the virgin birth one better. This is a birth from a man, from a man's mind, and she, Athena has often been pointed out as the um, shall we call her modern goddess because she's certainly not an old old goddess. The modern goddess that most represents the patriarchal takeover of the goddess and women and how women were viewed. Nonetheless, Athena brought us the olive. It said that King Solomon knew how to talk to everything, the birds, the beasts, and of course all the plants. And that when he died, all of the trees dropped their leaves in sorrow for King Solomon's passing, except for the olive. And the other trees were getting on Olive's case and saying, Well, Olive, I guess you didn't like King Solomon much. Look at all your leaves. And the olive said, my sorrow over the loss of King Solomon is deep within my heart. I don't need to have an outward show of it. Wow. Yeah. And oh. the emblem for the United Nations is a globe encircled by olive branches. Wow, isn't that story bringing to mind? I think there's there's some debate about like the eagle. Well, I know like wasn't it Benjamin Franklin who wanted the currency or our national bird to be a turkey? The eagle won out, but then I yes, he wanted our national bird to be a turkey. He did because turkeys are in fact much smarter than eagles. Right, and then I also heard that the way the eagle is depicted, um, like on our emblems and things, like with the way that its talons are and holding it has an olive branch right yes i'm pretty sure it's holding yeah and so there was some dispute about the way its talons are when it's landing and it's depicted and it's not depicted exactly the way an eagle would land so i don't know when you were talking that's what it reminded me of that story i don't really know how to tell it but it's a curiosity i guess it is yes <laughs> so there's a few all of stories. Wow. Very interesting. Um, wow. I don't know if I have a story like that. That's, those are fun stories about olives. Spend your day with goats. Of course you have stories. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. I have lots of goaty stories. Um, well, I mean, most of them are how they outsmart us and get out of any time we try to put them where they belong. Um, I can tell actually a Hypericum story. My husband, so recently we have two goats that are not, well, we took in one goat from a 4-H club and she doesn't have horns. So she's been getting pushed by one of the other female goats. And um, my husband, when he is bringing him up, um, will take the one by the collar and she sometimes resists 
leaving the stall that she wants to be in where she bullies the other goat. So at any rate, be kind enough to look on nice like tonight to help me um, stall the goats up um, while we're on the call here. And so a couple, few nights ago, he was doing that. Her name is Eve Lynn. And she decided that she was going to give him like a big pullback when he was doing his normal thing. And so it totally jerked his spine and neck out of whack. And um, he, we have plenty of THC, CBD stuff. And he immediately was like, oh, will you please rub that on and within a few minutes was like that did nothing like nothing like this is terrible I was like why don't we try some hypericum oil and I put that on and I kid you not he was so relieved like it lasted for probably about an hour and a half and then we were out in the barn and he says we gotta go back in and get more hypericum oil so um I am just such a devotee. I already was, but Hypericum has just shown me so much ever since the conference and hearing so much capacity that she's able to hold for us. And I feel like, wow, just like your first apprentice callers, like mm, Hypericum stories are just so easy to come by if you interact with that plant because she wants to help. And so, yeah, my husband is like, he loves his cannabis, but. Um, more when it comes to pools and things like that, the hypericum just really soothed his sore back and neck. Speaking of hypericum, I am looking at the last of the hypericum t-shirts. And I want to say big girls or girls who desire to be big girls buy shirts. (laughs) Last year, all the big sizes sold out immediately, and everybody really got in my case. But this time I ordered a lot of big sizes, so we have a lot of 3X and 2X in the seated Hypericum Goddess and the arms reaching up Hypericum Goddess. They, Justine said, okay, what we should do is we should charge twice as much and save their dresses. They're really not that big because these particular shirts tend to run small. So if you would usually get a medium extra large is probably right. If you would usually get a large, 2X is not going to be that big. Mm-hmm. So here is my uh, woo get your Hypericum shirt while they're still to be got. Uh, in September, I'll be out at Red Earth, and I will carry the last of the shirts out to Colorado with me and sell them all then. So this is your reminder to go over to wisermanbookshop.com and get your Hypericum shirt. I must tell you that I've been wearing mine around and about, and people actually stop me and tell me what a stunning shirt it is. Mm, yeah. The blue, the colors are so fabulous. The colors are really, really fabulous, and the the Hypericum goddess is so, whether she's seated or uh, standing with her arms raised, she is really so golden with all of her yellow, yellow flowers. Mm, Yes, her colors just show so amazingly well on that blue background. Like, oh, wow, there's so much going on in that shirt. So the 
the standing one with her hands outstretched is on a darker blue background, and the seated one is on um, a more um, turquoisey aqua colored. It's a bright, bright turquoise. They're both really nice colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very. Um, I do see we have a hand that's been raised, actually. I don't see our guest quite yet, so we've got about six minutes left for a question. Okay, yes, we got time for that question. All right. We will go to the 352 area code from the 352. You are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. This is Carol from Nashville. Hi, Carol. How are you, Susan? You sound well. I am really enjoying the life that I get to live. It's filled with so much beauty and joy and really good food. Far, that's, that's an excellent answer. <laughs> uh, I, I, how about let's talk about poison ivy a little bit and different sure. reactions to it from from hardly like, oh, my gosh, that must be a little bit of poison. I have two out of my son-in-law out. Holy mackerel. Like, oh, my God, what do I help? How do I help you, you know? Which I, but let's talk about that. Let's talk, correct? All right. So you're talking about poison ivy rash, Right, the bubbling, the holy mackerel response. Right, the the big response that so, like, we can, we can so get. So that, that response is like a chemical burn. Poison ivy plants, all parts of the poison ivy plants, the woody parts, the leafy parts, the flowers, the berries, all parts of it, contain an oil called urushiol. And urushiol, like all oils, is kind of sticky and spready at the same time. So if you walk through a patch of poison ivy and then sit and cross one ankle over your knee and put your hand on that ankle and then put your hand on your face, you've probably just put poison ivy oil on your face. Okay. If you keep a pet, like a dog or a cat, who goes out and walks through or rolls in poison ivy, and then you pet that animal and touch yourself, you've just put poison ivy oil on that place. So does, how long is the oil? It takes about 24 hours for most people's skin to react to it. So wherever, if you have a hyper response. The reaction is not necessarily a hyper reaction. The reaction is a hyper inflammation. Because... The reaction is the reaction, and it will, like a chemical... Burn your skin, absolutely no doubt about it. And if you are in an inflamed state, then that will become a very serious inflammation with a lot of itching, which causes us to scratch, even in our sleep, which breaks open the skin and causes secondary 
infections. So this whole thing can go on for weeks and weeks and weeks. Do the boils, when some people have severe reactions, like my son-in-law, they create these pocket-filled things, they believe that those spread if they break. Not true. I, that's an emphatic that. fluid. That's, that's not urushiol. Okay. And I say, you know, that they firmly believe that. Well, you know, that. one of the things I have discovered is that it's pretty almost impossible to stop nonsense. Understood. The more nonsensical something is that a person believes, the less likely you are to change their belief, especially with facts. So when somebody has because nonsense and facts don't live in the same universe. So what you're talking about there is a person who, in general, eats a pro-inflammatory diet. A pro-inflammatory diet, first of all, has lots of vegetable oil in it, soy oil, corn oil, right, uh, sunflower oil. Those oils are loaded with omega-6 fatty acids some of them being as much as 300 to 1, omega-6 to omega-3. The ideal is 1 to 1. And so what you can do um, is, of course, not harass them about the poor quality food choices that they're making, but to understand for yourself that it's an inflammatory response that is aggravating the poison ivy. And do you know the plant jewelweed? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And now Ewell Gibbons popularized it as a counter to poison ivy, but most people don't really understood, understand what he well, meant. Well, it grows very closely to poison. We're pretty much where the poison ivy is. doesn't, but that's okay. No, but where there's jewelweed, there's going to be poison ivy, but not where there's poison ivy, there's going to be jewelweed. But um. Jewelweed has to grow where it's wet. It has to have its feet wet. Poison ivy can never grow where it's wet. It actually cannot grow at the same place. Now, it's not impossible to have jewelweed in a wet area and poison ivy up on the bank of the wet area. All right. Right? But the poison ivy wants to be high and dry, and the jewelweed wants to be low and wet, so they truly don't grow in the same place. And what Ewell was getting at was the understanding that if you rinse the urushiol off your body, you will not react to it. And you usually have about 12 hours. Just rinse it off. And jewelweed, even if the water it's growing in isn't deep enough to splash around it, you can actually take the jewelry, crush it up in your hands, and use it kind of like a wet cloth to wipe yourself down. And it works pretty well for that. In terms of actually using jewelry like that to counter a poison ivy rash itself, it doesn't work that way, but there is a way that it works as an anti-inflammatory, and it has to be cooked. And it's cooked, it's cooked either in water or in witch hazel. Cooked meaning marinated or heated up in the... Heated. Uh, cooked. Uh-huh. It needs to be made hot. 
It needs to be made hot in the water or the witch hazel until the color turns bright orange. So we want to get the smaller of the jewel weeds, the canadensis, the impatience canadensis, which is the orange flowers, and we want to pick it roots and all, and the roots should be some color between very dark orange and pretty bright red. And that can be used as a wash, but it's most effective when it is drunk and taken as a tea or a soup. Okay. It's, In when, fact, it's such it, a wonderful anti-inflammatory that I've used it for a wide variety of things, including uh, chronic joint pain, rheumatoid arthritis pain, um, you know, those kinds of things. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. So when they when when a person um expresses those fluid filled pockets, is it best to leave them alone or should could you put something like oatmeal cyprium on them to soothe and maybe better to them leave out? it alone. And you could put something on it, but generally what we want to put on there is not something slippery but something drying. Right? The jewelweed especially in the witch hazel, is very drying. If you don't have jewelweed, just use witch hazel. Or the standard, which is calamine lotion, right? That yeah, 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 exactly. Which is dehydrating. It really is, yeah. You don't and want that's... something that's going to make it moister. Oatmeal bath with a, oatmeal in a, in a sock. Salt oatmeal bath. Oatmeal is moistening. Salt bath? In, in, with, not, with not Epsom salt. In, so no, salt. you want astringency black tea poured over it. Uh, okay. A bath okay, with a little okay, like Clorox that. in it. Okay, I like that too. Right? Yeah. Dry, you want to dry it up. Okay. Uh, dry okay. it up and make uh, it itch And the itching more. causes... Scratching, which causes secondary infections, and oh, look what time it is. We gotta say goodbye to you and me, and hello to Susan. Thanks so much for your call. Good luck with the poison ivy. Poison ivy, poison ivy. And late at night while you're sleeping, poison ivy comes a creeping all around. All right. Nice, Susan. I love hearing you sing that song. And I do see that Susan Miller is here in the queue as well. Susan Miller is an internationally known astrologer, author, columnist, entrepreneur, publisher, and pioneer of the Internet. She's the founder and current editor of AstrologyZone.com, created in 1995. Her site is considered an authority in the field of Western astrology and is read avidly by 13 million unique readers. Her audience loves Susan Miller's warmth, compassion, and philosophical style, as well as her accurate, comprehensive, and insightful reporting of current planetary trends. Susan Miller 
is recognized worldwide for her astrological writings outside the box in areas of business, technology, lifestyle, culture, and even the economy. Susan Miller has created two award-winning apps, Astrology Zone Horoscopes and Moonlight Phases, available at the Apple App Store and Google Play. Susan Miller is the author of 17 astrology books, as well as her ever-popular Year Ahead Astrology Calendar Series, which she self-publishes and which have become collectibles. Susan writes monthly columns for Vogue Japan, Vogue China, West South Korea, and Amica Italy. Susan's <laughs> latest book, The Next 200 Years, is available on Amazon's Kindle and BookBaby.com. She discusses the critical conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn that occurred December 2020 and major breakthroughs and trends that coming up will radically change life as we know it. Welcome to the show, Susan. <laughs> Thank you. I get exhausted listening to the things I do. Is there, is there a girl that does all that? I want to hire her. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you, I couldn't afford me if I found me. <laughs> I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh, Actually, when I, saw, when I got to talk to you tonight, I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, because I remember back, you know, when when to actually draw up somebody's chart meant hours and hours and hours of math with all of these thick, dense books. Yes. Well, in the beginning. And it's such a snap now with these apps like the ones that you have. Well, I added something new on my website where you can do your own birth chart with interpretations. You can go on as much as you want, and it's free. You have to go in through my homepage, astrologyzone.com. Uh, you should know your time of birth. If you don't, I have a way of helping you with that because the CDC, of all people, the CDC, who we heard so much about during COVID, has a beautiful map how to find your birth time and birth certificate by state, how much it costs, how long it takes, everything, clear as a bell. People can now get their original birth certificate. You don't want the one that the DMV gives you, you know, for $5. You want the one that's $15, $20, $25, you know, the original one that the nurse wrote because that's the one that has your birth time on it. Right. So, wow, so this is, is good now. So, yeah, I want people to know their chart, and I – you know, after you see your chart, you say, well, I don't know what Venus in Gemini means. Well, I give it to you. I give you a full report for free on my website. This has just started last week. I um, had been working on it for two years. I found an engineer who knew astrology, knew it really well, lives in Prague, of all places, and um, over Zoom and FedEx, we worked on this. And I got the skin the way the chart looks, exactly the way I wanted it, in black and white, no colors, because people have different types of eyesight, and I wanted it really clear for everyone. And he gave me exactly what I wanted. I mean, it's just a happy relationship. So it's all good. 
Yay! Oh. <laughs> There's nothing like that feeling of manifesting something that you've envisioned. I've wanted this for so long. Well, you know, there's something else I wanted, but I was kind of afraid to bring it to market. A professional, all the professional astrologers know about the moon void, of course. But that term sounds like a disease. It sounds frightening. And what it means is the, the moon is the fastest moving body that we have. And she moves through all the signs in 28 days and in the course of those 28 days she meets with each of the planets and it doesn't matter if she's friendly to the planet or debating a planet or angry at another planet as long as she's engaged it's a good thing but when she's tired when she's met as many planets as she could meet maybe another one's coming in a couple of days she goes back to her boudoir takes off her long white gown, her long white gloves, and takes a little nap. And then she gets up again and begins receiving the planets. The astrologers would go on websites and look at long tables of numbers, which were confusing, and it would always be in GMT. Well, I thought, you know, we, we can do this a lot better. So I made an app called Moonlight Phases. It's only $8 for the rest of your life. You never have to buy it again because it goes 365 days a year all the way to the year 2050. And it has where the moon is, where the, whether the moon is full or crescent or gibbous or whatever it is. And if you say, well, I don't know what that means, you press on the word and up comes the answer. And And I worked with an artist and I said, I need a beautiful picture of a moon. But it gives me something like NASA. I said, no, no, Isaac, he's French. I need a, a cute little moon with a rosebud mouth and little eyelashes and little cheeks and a sweet little moon. He said, oh, Suzanne, I understand. And he gave me exactly what I wanted. <laughs> and now I'm winning awards on Moonlight Phases. It definitely looked for my name, Susan Miller, attached to it. But if you Go into Google or, or um, Apple and just put in Susan Miller. Usually only my stuff comes up. You know, I have two, two wonderful apps, and um, the, both of them have GPS in them. So when you go to Paris, all the right information will go with you. <laughs> and, uh, are you in New Great. York? Where are you located? Where are you? I am in Woodstock, New York, in the Catskill Mountains. Yes, yes, I know where that is. Yes, beautiful yeah. spot, gorgeous. I'm in New York City. Yes, okay. I could tell by your area code, yeah, <laughs> that you were in New York. That's Oh, it must be nice and cool up there, not so hot like it is in Manhattan, where I am. <laughs> it's, it's, it's cooled off tonight, thank goodness. Yes. Um, but humid, very, very humid. You know, it seems to me that astrologers kind of got their start, shall we say, with big events like eclipses. Like, people really notice eclipses. It's a, big, it's a deal when oh, the sun goes those out, are you know, when the moon goes out. So, yes. I, yes. I don't know, but I've always kind of had this, like, awe about eclipses. Am, am I, like, mm-hmm. off about thinking that eclipses are special? Very. They are the most dramatic uh, tool that the universe uses to affect change. 
Now, we had two very tough ones recently. We had one on May 5th, and we had one on November 8th. And, you know, an eclipse will do for you what you can't do for yourself. And by that I mean, let's say you're in a really terrible job. You haven't gotten a raise in 10 years, or or the boss doesn't treat you nicely. And I, I always imagine God looking down at Mary in this terrible job. This is okay. She hasn't left. I'm going to get her out of that job. And um, and the eclipse comes, and the boss says, "Oh, we are streamlining. We can't afford anything. I'm sorry. I have to fire you." And she cries. But then she gets a new job that's double her salary, to a place where they really appreciate her experience and her expertise and her detail and good work ethic. So, or or maybe somebody's in a bad relationship that uh, is really going nowhere. They never get married, even though one of them wants to get married, <laughs> you know, and, and, and God comes in, sends an eclipse, and suddenly there's a breakup, or they go to couples therapy, and they come together in a new way. But there's change, and there's progress with eclipses. We got two more coming in, April, in October, October 14th and October 28th. They're moving wow, out. one right after yes. the other. Well, they're always two weeks apart as a new moon and a full moon. And I have a very good essay on my website on the front page, the home page. If you just go what we call below the fold, you know, you get the screen, go down a little bit to the left-hand side. It says how to deal with eclipses. And I worked on this essay. Over the course of two or three years, I would add to it. And I really like the way it is now because it's very helpful. It tells you what to expect, but also how you can grow under these eclipses. A new moon eclipse opens a path. A full moon eclipse ends something. So full moons, we all know full moons are more emotional. And a full moon eclipse is like three full moons rolled into one. You know, that's what they are. But a new moon, which we'll have on October 14th, in Libra, uh, will will open a new possibility. Usually you get the news within, within the week after it occurs. A full, moon, a full moon eclipse you can feel a month before or after, a month to the day before or after plus or minus four days. It's funny the way astrology works. You can feel something before it occurs. And uh, because we're dealing with bell curves, with something that looks like a mountain, you know. <laughs> and so you can, like, for example, the November 8th eclipse, which was pretty much of a monster, you could have felt as early as October 8th, plus or minus four days, or as late as December 7th, plus or minus four days. Uh, or right, most people feel it right when the eclipse occurs. I would say 75%. Only 10% feel it earlier, only 15% feel it later. But I've really studied them, and they're, they're big deals. Now, they used to be, up until now, and the last one is going to occur on October 28th, those were in Scorpio Taurus. And they just were a difficult family, not because Scorpio and Taurus are difficult. <laughs> no, they're nice my signs it's the other little planets spinning around were in the wrong place at the wrong time and they were all in conflict the ones moving to aries libra 
much gentler. And we had our first one in Aries on April 19th. So some of your listeners may have felt that. That was my daughter's birthday. And she certainly felt it. She works, she used to work for James Corden. And she was the director of music. And she did carpool karaoke. But James has gone back to England now. And the show has ended after eight years. So she luckily found another wonderful job at CBS, but because of the writer's strike right now, nobody's working. They're asking their employees not to cross the picket line. So um, she's waiting for that, and then she'll go back to work. <laughs> but, uh, but when you have an eclipse, especially on your birthday, your life changes dramatically. You know, so... Um, but it's a good thing. We need change. We need progress. Don't you agree? Yes, but I also can allow myself to not like it. <laughs> I like your your spirit. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. You know, sometimes the universe drags us kicking and screaming to a better situation. And, and it takes a month or so until we say, wait a minute, wait, this is, this is actually better. Wow. Actually yeah. <laughs> I know. You know what it is? We're all carrying so much responsibility that the idea of change and adaptation to something new, it just layers on so much more uh, to our shoulders that we already have on our shoulders, you know? So, no, I can understand. I, I'm was, the same as you. Yeah, it was, of course. It was an yeah. especially lovely moment when my grown daughter said, oh, oh, I just don't want to update my computer. <laughs> right. I know. Another oh, she's gotten old enough to not want to do that anymore. Okay. <laughs> you know, when I was little, I learned uh, astrology from my mother. And I remember being about 12 when she said, oh, Susan, you're going to have another character building um, episode coming up. I said, Mama, you told me that before, but I don't think I like those times. And she laughed and she said, well, it's Saturn, the great teacher, and he tests you. So you found out you didn't like it, but it's good for you. It's character building. <laughs> and she was amazed that I had figured out, wait a minute, I didn't like the, the last one. I the last one. I remember what happened the last time. <laughs> when you told me last time, that wasn't so easy or so good. So, yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> well, my mother always says something positive in everything, you know, and I... I had the best mother and father, actually. And um, I was born with a birth defect, and I grew up in hospitals. But she was always so positive that this, that the doctors would make me well and I wouldn't have this problem. I was bleeding internally, but they didn't know it. And so they would say there was nothing wrong with me. The wrong doctors would say that. They didn't have the right equipment yet, you know, still... The stuff we have today is really pretty good, but we didn't have it when I was little. And they said, oh, you're making it up. You just don't want to go to school. So it was like a double whammy. You know, they would accuse me of that when I was in terrible pain. But when they finally went in when I was 14, I spent 11 months in the hospital 
and many surgeries uh, to fix it. And then I couldn't go to high school. I had to do homeschool and go to therapy every day to, because I had to paralyze me from the knee down and then bring it back because I was going to lose the leg or lose me. I was bleeding out. I've had 40 blood transfusions in my lifetime so far, and I'm just hoping I don't need any more. You know, and it was all good blood. I have 40 people to thank for saving my life, and that's why I believe everyone should give blood at Christmas to gift of life. You know, I do. And it just, you know, I'm so grateful that, that I got the blood that I needed. But I'm okay now, and my mother was right. She was just so, so positive, you know. So, you know, when you go to see a patient in the hospital, wear something pretty, don't wear black. And don't say, how's the pain? Say, oh, when we break you out of jail, it's going to be great. You know, <laughs> the jail being the hospital. Right. That's one of my favorite current pet peeves. Is there's a billboard on a road that I go on, which is a black billboard. Ooh. And it's advertising the dentist called Sunshine Smiles. take five months to put together. I'm working on 2024 right now. And the one I have on the cover of my, again, on the homepage of astrologyzone.com is the one we have now. And we still have seven months because you have July, August, September, October, November, December, and January. I always give you the next month because it's really hard to shop for like a calendar in December. You're so busy. You know, so I always give 13 months. And they are so beautiful and they're predictive you can see which day like when when you're looking for a job and they say do you want to come in tuesday or friday Ah. let me check my calendar right and (laughs) you'll see the better day and then if you have the moonlight phases you won't go in with the moon void of course because it'll come to nothing if you do but it'll say the moon is not void it's like oh perfect perfect let me call her back you know so we want to use our time well. So right now I'm writing 2024. I just finished September. I'm going to start October. And I've, I've written all the important aspects that will occur. Not every day has an important aspect, but most do. And uh, let's say your birthday is right before a great day. The next day is fabulous. Well, that day will affect you not only on your birthday, but the whole year to come. So it's really good to know what's going on up there in the heavens, you know, and um, you can prepare for it, you know. So um, everybody has something good to look forward to right now, you know. Um, Although, you know, Venus is going to retrograde. She's going to take her little beauty sleep. And then Mercury is going to retrograde. So we're going into a very slow summer. But everything starts to perk up 
after September 15th. You know what? I think a lot of people right now will be happy to jump off the merry-go-round of life and actually just take maybe a week off, be with your children, or just go to the lake and, and maybe work on that manuscript you were hoping to write. Whatever makes you happy, you're going to have time because everything's about to slow down. Venus will retrograde from July 20. Third to uh, 22nd, sorry, July 22nd, until the day before Labor Day, September 3rd. And during Venus retrograde, you should not do any Botox, fillers, veneers, anything to make yourself look pretty. <laughs> Just, you don't need to. Just keep to the status quo. You can, you know, have trims or, you know, of course, good grooming, but not radical changes. Don't go from platinum blonde to brunette or chop your hair off or, you know, just stay to the status quo men too. Uh, don't buy that designer bag. <laughs> just, just, you know, just be happy. Be happy with what you have. Then Mercury starts to retrograde in the middle of Venus's retrograde on September 23rd, and it goes until September 15th. These are two very important planets uh, because they circulate very close to Earth. The third one that, that's very close to Earth is Mars, so Mars, Venus, Mercury. But Mars is okay. He's in a good, healthy, fast orbit right now. We don't have to worry about Mars. But Venus and, and Mercury are going to slow things down. Now, if you need a computer, a television, a new car, anything with electronic chips or gears, then you must get it now, quickly, before Mercury goes retrograde next month because Mercury rules all electronic and, and um, devices or machines. And also, if you have to sign a contract, I'd rather you do it now or wait until after September 15th. So... Um, so we kind of know what's coming. You know, it's, it's good. Mercury's going to retrograde again, though, on December 13th. So we're all going to have to shop for our Christmas presents early, which is terrible news. I'm sure your listeners are groaning. I know we all. <laughs> you know what? It starts with the list. Just make your list. Who would you like to surprise? Who would you like to make happy? Who would you like to say thank you to? And that you start with that. Just make the list. And then if you start early, you can ask innocent questions like, oh, do you have enough towels? You know? <laughs> and if your daughter says, oh, no, they're all threadbare, then you know oh, that's a great gift to get her some beautiful towels. You know, so you just can ask innocent questions if you do it far enough in advance. But, you know, there's going to be very thin inventory as we get close to Christmas. And, of course, we all should shop for toys first for children and those you should do in, in November because they're going they're going to be low on inventory so um, see how that oh, goes good to know yeah give us, give us that contact information one more time and then I have one last question for you oh well my website is free and it's astrology zone z-o-n-e all put together, astrologyzone.com. 
Uh, if you forget it, you could probably put in Susan Miller because on Google I come up first. <laughs> and, um, and I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, Discord, and Facebook. Under hey. astrology zone, there's too many Susan Millers, so I just go by the name of my site, Astrology Zone. <laughs> astrology Zone, perfect. Yes. <laughs> what would you like to leave in the hearts and the minds of everyone who's been listening tonight? Oh, that's such a sweet question. I would say many people don't know astrology, uh, and I write for people who don't know much about it and not even sure they should pay attention to it, but I show you what it can do for you in terms of planning. And here's the one thing I'd like to leave. Every single chart in this world is unique and will never be duplicated in time, space, or geography. There will never be another you. You were created to contribute your perspective your ideas, your taste to the world. And in astrology, the sun in the chart is depicted as a round circle with a dot in the middle. I wanted to know what's that dot in the middle about. And when I read and I looked at what the ancient astrologers wrote, the dot is the piece of the divine. We all have a piece of God that we can enlarge within us. And we can contribute so much to others. So I hope that that will inspire your listeners. And think about it. They're unique. Everyone is, even twins, because astrology is so mathematical. But enjoy your life and use your talents that God gave you. Thank you, Susan Miller, Astrology <laughs> Zone. You know, I think that what we're doing is reweaving the healing cloak of the ancients. And I want to thank you for bringing mm-hmm. this endeavor, the unique threads in the unique way, and the stars themselves the ever-present stars, which do not uh, dictate what we have to do, but certainly can open pathways for us. Yes, we're partners with the stars. You know, Carl yeah. Sagan says we're made of stardust. We are made of stardust. true. It's so true. This is so, so special. To be given life is so amazing. So. Yep. Just enjoy it, and I know life is hard and challenging at times, and it is for everybody. Every, you know, we look around, we think, oh, they have it easier. No, nobody really does. <laughs> we all have pretty much the same. And, uh, uh, but there's, there's a sweet side, too, and keep your eye on the sweet side. <laughs> all right. And thank you, Sarah Ellen, for helping me to restore herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. Good night and green blessings, thank everyone. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.